Uh, today is a great day. Uh, it's a very important Sunday morning, and um, I pray that your heart will be open to what the Spirit of the Lord wants to tell you, so you're not going to go empty-handed uh, from this place. Uh, the sermon that we want to speak is shaken, and this is from Acts chapter 4, verse 31. Um, Acts chapter 4 verse 31 and there will be certain important uh, instructions within this sermon and I would like us to pay attention to that let me read it for you and when they had prayed the place where they were assembled together was shaken And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And they spoke the word of God with boldness. Now the multitude of those who believed were of one heart and one soul. Neither did anyone say that any of the things he possessed was his own. But they had all things in common. And with great power, the apostle gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus... And great grace was upon them all. Can you meditate briefly on the word of God that I have read? And open your heart to the spirit of God. Father God, may the word of the Lord speak to us today. May the presence of the Holy Spirit embrace us. And may the fellowship of the people be in love. That we can be one in one accord, one heart, one soul for the kingdom of God. And we pray this in Jesus' name. You know that when the Spirit of the Lord fell in Acts chapter 2, one of the new things that happened immediately was that the people that doesn't speak the language was able to understand what other people were talking about. There were, people started talking in language that the foreigners and outsider, outside the church could understand. And the Lord is doing a new thing in this church. You know what? One of the new things, I talk about the internship, that we have a new worship intern. The second new thing that we're doing is that we have simultaneous Spanish translation going on right now. Right? Yes. So let's welcome the Spanish-speaking people who can understand that are here this morning. Welcome them. Welcome them. Yes. Praise the Lord. It is remarkable. So if you, if you hear another preacher's voice, uh, don't be distracted. Stay focused with me, okay? The person's preaching to the Spanish-speaking people. When they had prayed, when they had prayed, this is what's happening. When they had prayed. You know that uh, the first time the word prayer is mentioned in the Bible is in Genesis 20 verse 7. And this is the incident where uh, Abraham had told Abimelech, the king, that Sarah was his sister. This is the second time Abraham has tried to sell off his wife as a sister. First was to the king, uh, the pharaoh, right? And so God came in the dream and spoke to and said to Abimelech and said, You ask Abraham to pray for you that you may live and restore you and your family that you may not die. 
because Abraham is a prophet and Sarah is his wife. See? So the first time the word of, the, the first time the word was, uh, the word prayer was mentioned, it was connected with life. Prayer was connected with restoration. Now, uh, I'm sure uh, prayer was made even before that word was mentioned. Because if you go back to Genesis uh, chapter 3, and when God was having conversation uh, with Adam and Eve in Genesis 3, 11, 12, 13, 14, uh, and so on, uh, uh, he said, Adam, where are you? And Adam said, uh, um, I heard your voice, and I was afraid, and I hid, because I'm naked. So God said, uh, did you eat the fruit that I asked you not to eat? And Adam said, yeah, my wife told me to eat, so I ate it, right? So if you take prayer as a conversation between God, two-way communication, then there was a prayer there. And it's nothing new, because most of the time when we pray, what is your prayer like? Is it more like a praise or thanksgiving, or is it more like a, a, a complaint? Like in most cases, prayer is like a complaint. We complain to God all the time. Many of my prayers are, must have been a complaint, right? And so one of the prayers was with Cain in Genesis chapter 4. When he had murdered his brother, then God came and said to Cain, uh, these are the things I'm going to do. I'm going to let you out of the garden. This is what's going to happen. And then Cain said, oh Lord, this is too much for me. Why are you doing this to me? People are going to kill me. And that's how we pray. We pray, Lord, why does this thing happen to me? Why does bad thing happen to me? Why should not it to you? Why, why am I so different from other people that it shouldn't happen to me and it should happen to you? Right? Because we complain a lot. We complain a lot. But when people have prayed, you know, about 650 prayers are listed in the, in the entire Bible. Okay. About 650 are listed. They are non-listed prayer too, but about 650 uh, prayers are listed. And when you come to the New Testament, Jesus prayed at least 25 times and it's listed. And there are about nine ways, nine types of prayer in the Bible. It's not just one time. But in this case, in Acts chapter 4, this is a corporate prayer. The multitudes have gathered to pray. It is very interesting how they gathered together to pray. Because in the preceding uh, uh, verse, the event that led up to it was uh, James and John went up to the temple. They met this uh, guy that was blind. And Peter prayed, I have no money, I have no gold, no silver. But in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I want you to pick up your mat and walk. Right? And they have seen that. Immediately following that, the leaders of the church, the religious leaders came and caught Peter and John and put them in custody. So they had this great experience where the blind saw walk, right? And now they're in prison. And they have to be kept a day because uh, uh, it takes a day to produce to the court. So there's a lot of persecution. There's great things happening. And this is the first ministry of the disciples after Christ have ascended to heaven. So what do they do? They're going to pray. Okay. A lot of things are happening uh, in our lives. And one of the things that I want, I want to share, because as we prepare for a revival in the church, 
Uh, revival begins with preparation within us. If revival has to happen in Santa Clara City, it must first happen in your life. It must, it must first happen in this church. You can't expect a revival in this city if our church is not revived. So, uh, and uh, as I tell you before, that God is ready for revival. It's not that He is not ready, but we must be ready. It's not on His part, it's on our part. So when you look at the city and the things that are happening in the city, when you look at your friends, your family, when you look at your workplace, uh, doesn't that call for a revival? Isn't it time uh, in your heart, in your life, that there is an urgency to pray for revival? Shouldn't we redeem the time and redeem the people despite the persecution? I want to share to our church internal thing here. I know you'll go online and all over the world. But as we prepare for revival, things are happening in my life. And one of the things that happened was uh, uh, that I got a, a letter from the, the Indian government that uh, I should not get involved in any religious activity. So I'm thinking, okay, what should I do? Should I tell the church or not? I told my wife, I told other people to pray about this. Uh, but I feel that I should tell the church. And to see that God is calling each of us to work in the kingdom of God. And the reason for me to go to India is because my mother is there, my brothers are there, my relatives are there. And there are more than one billion people in India. And I don't know that why I popped out. Out of that one billion people and the Indian government notices and say, I don't want, we don't want you to get involved in any religious activity. Right? So how, how should we pray then? How should the church pray then? Is it just, uh, 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 just related to me or is it because we are preparing for something bigger? So I want you to pray for decisions so we can see what God is doing. Right? So when they had prayed, when they had prayed. See, Jesus knew the importance of prayer. That's why he asked the disciples how to pray. When he was in heaven, he must have heard all the complaints of prayer. Right? And say, so these guys, I mean, how are they praying? So when he came down on earth, he's telling, I'm going to teach them how to pray. And this is how you pray. I our Father in heaven. Right? Can we say the Lord's Prayer? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth, as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever. And we say amen, right? Yeah, that's the prayer he taught us. And there's a reason why he taught that prayer. Because it's important to know what to pray for. And he prayed himself several times. He prayed himself several times. Uh, one of the things that... Uh, one of the things we find today is... Um, people don't voluntarily fast anymore. People don't voluntarily carve out a time to say, I'm going to really fast and pray. Because life happens. Life happens. And we don't do that anymore. But I want us to pray. 
I want us to pray. Pray that the, the Spirit of the Lord will move. So when the people have prayed, when the people have prayed, then the place was shaken. When the people have prayed, the place was shaken. The place where they were was shaken. Isn't that amazing? That people prayed and the place was shaken. And what does this shaken look like? At that time it was an earthquake. Or movement of the building. And the place was shaken. When a place is shaken. When a building is shaken. Because the people of God have gathered together to pray. It is a favorable response of God. To the prayer of the people. When we're talking about revival. When we're talking about revival in the church. When we're talking about revival in our life. We're not looking for the building to crash. Right? We, we may feel the experience of the shaking of the ground that we live. But more importantly, it is a favorable response of God and His presence to our prayer. And what is, what is it like to live in the favor of the Lord? If we have the favor of God, what would it look like? That's what we're looking for, right? So, revival is not contingent on God's preparedness because God is already prepared. But it is contingent on our preparedness. On our preparedness. God is ready. He wants to revive the city. He wants to revive the church. But are we prepared for it? I have been praying for revival for this church with many people. In the group. In the prayer group. In life group. In small group. Individually. I say we'll pray for revival. We'll pray for revival. But one day. One Saturday. When I was in in a conference. Or or preparing how to reach young people. How to reach the millennials. You know, the Spirit of the Lord spoke to me very quick, clear, and smooth. It was like uh, this. Revival is not contingent on my preparedness. It is contingent on your preparedness. Don't pray for revival. Prepare for revival. See? We could just be praying for revival and not preparing for revival. How many of you are praying for revival? And we say, yes, I'm praying for revival. But how many are you preparing for revival? It is an individual responsibility to revive us, to revive you and I. So the place is shaken. This is the reason why we're calling for 24-hour prayer. And when is that? This Friday. It starts this Friday at 7 p.m. and ends on Saturday at 7 p.m. Okay? Friday, 7 p.m. Friday, Saturday, 7 p.m. Now, how are we going to do this? We're going to pray for one hour slot. As many as can sign up for this 24 hour slot. And we're going to pray here. And there will be some stations that you'll be guided to pray for. So, what I would like you to do is... There is a uh, connection cards in, in, the, on the ch- in the chair. 
You can pick those connection cards and write your name and say, I'm going to pray for this hour. Right? Like, uh, oh, uh, I'm going to pray at 3 a.m. to 4 a.m. Awesome. Right? I'm going to take 2 a.m. to 3 a.m. Put it in, put in your name. And when you go out at the lobby, there is a sign-up sheet there. It says shaken. You can flip the page and write down the hour uh, where you want to pray. Why are we doing this? Because we want to see real result of God coming upon us. So when they had prayed, the place was shaken. We are preparing for revival in this church. The place was shaken. So um, the place where they assembled together was shaken. Wouldn't you want to see the favorable presence of God and favorable response of God to our prayer? How many of you? Yes? Yes. That will be awesome. So why do we do this? The place was shaken. Why do we do this? And uh, uh, the, the thing is, when the place is shaken, it is a sign that the people were filled with the Holy Spirit. Eh? So, revival happens. We are prepared. It happens. And what is the sign of it? It is the filling of the Holy Spirit. The filling of the Holy Spirit. I can tell you that I cannot do anything without the Holy Spirit. One of the things that I pray for our church, this is one of the things that I pray for our church and our church member, is that I pray that every member of this church will find satisfaction in the things that they do, and they are appreciative of the things that they accomplish. So my prayer is that every member of our church will appreciate who they are and will appreciate what they do in their life. Okay? That is one of my prayer. That you appreciate who you are and you appreciate what you do in this present moment, in this season. Even if nobody appreciates you, even if nobody notices what you do, that at the end of the day, when you are alone by yourself, you appreciate who you are and you appreciate what you do. That is my prayer. And to that end, I may not be able to offer you anything materially from this world. But one thing that I can offer you is that I am praying with you. I am praying for you. And I'm rooting for you through that prayer. That you have purpose and meaning in the existence of your life. That much I can, I can say to our church. I want to pray for you for that. I will pray for you for that. We pray for you at least once a week. This is just a minimum. Very conservative. You are in my mind all the time. Our members of this church are in my mind all the time. And I am praying that you recognize who you are. You recognize who you are and you are appreciating you. You are appreciating yourself. It's for the quality of life. Because the Spirit of the Lord is within you. They were filled with the Spirit. Why do I do this? Just because, in, even just in the week, just during this week, I got a text from one of our members. Say, Pastor, I need your prayer. Text early in the morning, maybe 4 a.m., 4.30 a.m. Where are you? 
I'm standing in front of the cross. 5 a.m. And I really needed to pray. And this is the place where I can come to so I can connect. And I'm just standing in the cross, near the cross, and praying so I can, I, I, I can make through the day before I go to work. Right? I got another text and said, will you pray for me, Pastor, right now? Because this is one of those days and I need your prayer. I'm saying, yes, I'm with you. I'm praying with you right now. I got another text. My family is going through a difficult time. I need your prayer. Say, yes, I'll pray with you. I got another one. My family members are not saved. I need your prayer. There's just four or five examples I'm giving you during the week that how our members are connecting to me. And the only thing I can do is pray for them. But that I will do hard. I will do well. I will pray with them. I'm willing to pray with them. And you can text me anytime. 1 a.m., 2 a.m., 3 a.m., 4 a.m. You can text me anytime. And I want to pray with you. But we have to allow the Holy Spirit of God to shake us. To shake our heart. To expand our heart. And to see what the church is going through. What the church of Christ is going through. See, life happens to everybody. And without the Spirit of God, without God, we can't make it. We cannot make it. We have great programs in this church. We do better outreach than many churches. But prayer is more important than program. Connecting with God is more important than all the activities that we do. And revived by the Spirit is more important than what do. I want to speak to the young people. Allow me to speak to the young people. Vibe youth. In your school, high school, middle school, and even in your college, you're looking for a friend. What kind of friend you look for? You're looking for a cool friend. You want to be a part of that cool crew. Right? You don't want to be associated with uncool friends. Right? You want to have that uh, coolest hairstyle. Okay? Your playlists are cool. Your clothes are cool. Right? And you're looking for all this uh, hip and hot and greatest heat. And you feel like, oh, God, the Spirit is not cool. I'm telling you, I'm telling you this morning, young people, the Holy Spirit is sexy, smart, and swag. You might have never heard it, right? But I'm telling you that the Holy Spirit is sexy. He is sexy. Not in terms of the world sexy, but He is appealing, He is intriguing, and He is exciting. That's sexy. right? And long before... Long before the, uh, uh, like, you know, the rappers that are rapidly rapping audibles like Eminem or uh, Twisted Insane or Tech 9, right? The Holy Spirit's been rapping all along. He's been rapping to all kinds of people all along. Rapid audibles. 
slow or rapid, you know. And this is the guy that you can have the coolest friends with. I can guarantee you, if you have the Holy Spirit, you would be the coolest girl and the coolest guy, right? This is the song that uh, Macklemore and uh, Skylar Jane was talking about. I feel glorious, glorious, right? I, I, I make it through the darkest night. I have a second chance. Who, who are they talking about here? I feel glorious because I can go through the darkest night and I have a second chance. Who is it that gives a second chance? It's the Holy Spirit. I mean, He is triple S. Sexy, smart, and swag. <laughs> he is lit. And if you haven't tried it, you try it. You will never be disappointed. But I can tell you, if you don't have the Holy Spirit... Right? Allow me, older folks. I'm concentrating on my young folks here. They're in the front row. Give them a hand. Yes. Yes. Mm. <clears throat> you heard the Khalid song, right? Young, dumb, and broke. Young, dumb. Oh, young, dumb. Young, dumb, broke high school kids, right? You haven't heard that song? No. Listen, listen. Khalid. One of the upcoming rapper, right? Young, dumb, and broke high school kids. If you don't have the Holy Spirit, you will be young, dumb, and broke forever. <laughs> That's all I got to say. I'm out. <laughs> but the Holy Spirit is cool. He is really cool. It's really cool. People are going to want to hang out with you. You're going to be contagious. You're going to be infectious. Why? Because the Holy Spirit's powerful. For no reason, people are going to see the joy on your face, the smile on your face. You know, the swag that you have. The way you walk. Because you have the confidence of the Holy Spirit. Not the worldly confidence and worldly swag. But you got the kingdom swag. You got a kingdom smile and... They want to come to you. You are attractive. You are exciting. You're intriguing. You're appealing. You're contagious. You're infectious. They want to come to you and say, What's going on with this girl? What's going on with this guy? And you got to say, I got the Spirit. I pray that you will long for Him. I pray you will long for Him. Because when the Spirit of the Lord comes upon us and fills us, what is the immediate fruit of that? Is that we begin to speak with boldness the Word of God. Right? You're going to speak the Word of God with boldness. Many of you are afraid to share your faith. For some reason it's because we don't know how to share our faith. Or we don't want to be embarrassed. But for some reason, many people are afraid to share the faith. I was talking to uh, uh, our youth pastor. And uh, we were talking about sharing our faith. And he said, I didn't have any training. I met the Lord. I came to the church. And my pastor said, go out and share the gospel. It's like that out there, right? And he had to learn out there on the street. And in the school, in college campus. And he just started sharing. He was forced to share. He was forced to learn. And now today he is sharing the gospel freely. Because when the Spirit of God comes, it gives us boldness. What is boldness? It's freedom to speak the Word of God. It is unreservedness to speak the Word of God. It is the fearless, 
faith that we have to speak the word of God. And also, it is the cheerful, remember the word, it is the cheerful courage to speak the word of God. Because sometimes we don't associate courage, boldness with cheerfulness. But when the spirit of the Lord comes, the translation of this word boldness is cheerful courage to speak the word of God. That's what happens when the spirit of the Lord comes upon us. We cheerfully share the word of God. And the sign of revival is that we are into the Word of God. We are digging deep into the Word of God. And we are cheerfully sharing the Word of God to people that are around us. That is revival. And just imagine here, you know, 100 plus of us are here. And if we all share cheerfully the Word of God, what can happen? What can happen when we share the Word of God? So that's why we are having a faith talk. We are having a faith talk on November 5th. Right after church. We're going to move to our gym. And we're going to have a faith talk. What is the faith talk? It's about shaping your own faith stories. It's about shaping your own faith story. Shaping how you met the Lord Jesus Christ. Maybe in one minute, in two minutes, that you are able to articulate your faith stories to people. How you encounter God. So if people ask me, how did I encounter God? I was in college when I was 18 years old. I was really afraid of dying. And it has been for a while that I've been waking up deep in the night and sweating. I've been, you know, it's just, uh, it's like panic attack. But it was during that time that I encountered God. As I was reading the scripture, I heard a voice in, in me, an embrace of God to say, I am your father and I will be your father. That is my faith story. I didn't have a father. My father died when I was 11 years old. And the good father came to me when I was 18 and said, I will be your father. I will be your early father and I will take care of you. That took the weight from me. That's my faith stories. Less than 60 seconds. Have you weaved your faith stories that you can share to other people? I know it's about Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. If you don't accept that, you're going to die and you're going to heaven. Or you can go, if you die today, are you going to go to heaven or hell? I mean, you, you may do that too. But for me, I feel like I grew up fatherless. I was lost, lonely. I was afraid of dying, living alone on this earth. And the God of the universe came to me and said, I'll be your father. I think it's the same story in a different way. We're going to do that. Boldness. Weaving the story. And the other fruit is that they were with one heart and soul. One heart and soul. Right? The people they were there were with one heart and soul. Harmony, unity, peace is the fruit of a revival. Right? I think we could do a little bit of more unity in this church, don't you think? A little bit more peace in this church, don't you think? A little bit more uh, of that spirit of one accord. 
You know why? Because the enemy is at one accord to rob, to kill, and to destroy us. There is no disagreement among the enemy on this one. Their goal is to rob, to kill, to destroy, right? This is the mission and vision of the enemy. And there is no agreement. No enemy is coming and say, Oh, I disagree with you. We should add salvation there. No. There is no salvation there. The enemy is in one accord to destroy you, to kill you, to steal everything that you have. So if the enemy is united in one accord, what about our church? Are we united in one accord? That's a body of Christ. Living a life of unity and harmony. Loving one another that the outside world will know that we are disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ. So we need to pray for everybody. They believe one heart and one accord. And they shared the gospel with great power, the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. Revival should come before celebration. Revival comes before victory. We can't just go to celebration first. We can't just dance to do the victory dance and taking the lap before revival comes. It, it has to come first. I'm going to ask the worship team to come. And I want to ask you a question, church. When was the last time or when was the first encounter that you had with God that your prayers were answered? That your prayers were answered. So this week, I was praying for many families, but one of the family I remember was, I was praying for a family that was affected by uh, Hurricane Harvey uh, in Texas. And uh, they had come to our church. And I have uh, prayed with them uh, in my office. And I know that they are doing so many things. And uh, the Lord put them in my heart. and said, you know, pray for that family. They need prayer. Right? And then the family is sitting here, right there. Yes, right there. Give them a hand there. They had to come here because their house were destroyed in the Hurricane Harvey. And they're sitting and uh, praising, worshiping, despite their life circumstances. They are here. Isn't that amazing? Yes? Yes. Yes. So, answering prayer, it doesn't have to be like, don't look for like extraordinary, out of this world thing. It's, it's everyday, daily life. Daily, daily, small, small things. And they're here. They're here. You can pray for things like that every day in our lives. That God will move our hearts. That the territory of our heart is expanded. As the ushers come forward. I want to pray. So we look to the Lord in prayer. Revival begins with committing our life to Christ right? we can't be revived we can't be strengthened we can't be empowered we can't have the power of the Holy Spirit without Christ 
That's the first thing that we need to do. Is there anyone this morning that would like to do that? That to say, I need this power of God, the kingdom power, the power of grace, so that the grace of God will fall on everybody. Isn't the grace of God enough? Great grace fell on everyone. That's how the word ended there. And the grace of God is offered to you to start a new life. Is there anyone that wants to commit your life to Christ this morning? I can pray for you if you raise your hand or put your name in the note and the connection cards. You've been uh, dry and struggling. You've been a little lost and hopeless. And you want a river of life to flow in you. You want a favorable response from God through your prayer. To your prayer. And you want to come back to God. To the word, to the fellowship, and to the prayer life with Christ. Uh, I want to pray for you. If any of you are there, you can, yes, I'll pray for you. Yes, I see your hand. Yes. Anyone? Yes, I see your hand. We'll pray for you. I pray that God will uh, use your heart to spend time with Him during this uh, 24-hour prayer Friday, Saturday. We thank you for resources, finances, offering, tithes that you bring to this church to expand the kingdom of God. May God bless you richly this week as you go out to work, to labor for food, clothes, shelter, that He will give an increase more than last week, that it is sufficient enough and maybe more than enough to help other people, to be a blessing to other people. So thank you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.